to another edition of Thunderdome! What's up, everybody? This is Fury and Cloud. Hey, it's Katie Esquire. And welcome to another episode of the Game of Zeros podcast. Check us out at GameOfZeros.com. And today we have a very special guest. You know him, you love him! We are here today with MTM. Hi, MTM. Hi, Katie. We're going to talk about at least continuation of some of the things we previously talked about. MTM's ideas for changes to the game, his advice to new or free-to-play players, but particularly I would like his perspective on new free-to-play players because I feel like that's got to be a huge barrier to actually enjoying the game, particularly in its current state. Before we get into all that with MTM, first things always first, I want to thank everybody that entered the giveaway. This week's winner was Lilith Peach from Devil's Monkeys. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get in contact with Lilith yet, so if you're listening, or if anyone from your guild is listening, please contact me ASAP so I can get you those gifts. But again, thanks to everybody for entering, and thank you, Lilith. Also, Katie's got another story to share. Maybe we'll add this as a segment each week. I don't know. We'll see. But she saw something odd going on during the Hellboy event. You mean shenanigans? Or in this case, Dan Nanigans, which is a term I'm going to throw out there and see if it sticks because this involves network COO Dan who participated in the event. So I was playing the Hellboy event and I was playing the ultimate rewards because I had terrible drops for the legend relic. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to slay for a couple of these free legend relics. So I'm looking at the leaderboards and I'm seeing all the usual suspects. And all of a sudden I see Dan's in-game name. And I'm like, Dan? All right. Well, from my perspective, I've never seen Dan know how to play. So he must have ridiculous cards. So I look at his cards and I notice that he has two shields in. So I'm like, shields? That doesn't make any sense. And so then I look at them and it turns out that they're two six-star scaling shields. Six-star scaling shields were only introduced to the game as rewards. The reward for, I think, the second GBG winners and then the reward for top 10 winners in two events. So in total, there should be only 50 six-star scaling shields in the game. At most, there should be 50 six-star scaling shields. And so I'll admit, I had stocked Dan's cards before. I knew that he had one six-star scaling shield, which I thought was kind of weird because there was no way that he should have earned that, but whatever, fine. The second one was clearly new. And so I went to Sniper and I was like, dude, I was like, did Dan give himself a new six-star scaling shield? My lord, is that legal? I will make it legal. The response I got back was, I'll look into this. And then finally, the second response I got up was, falling up made him dust it. And I was like, so he gave himself a six-star scaling shield? The response was, sometimes we need to test things on the live version. That's all it was. My reaction to this was negative because my reaction is always negative, but my reaction largely was the first thing was that Dan was in a leaderboard that had real rewards. So him giving himself things for free that people cannot attain in the game at the moment seems like a totally unfair competitive advantage in a way that really should never be done in a live scenario. My second response was, they have told us point blank on several occasions that scaling weapons will not be brought back to the game. So why on earth he would need to be testing two unattainable relics in the game in the live version is beyond me. Either way, I thought the story was kind of ridiculous. Solo rewards are already scarce to begin with, but the idea of 
being able to give yourself those things struck me as pretty ridiculous. So anyway, that's my story about Dan this week. You know, I don't really know anything specifically about that incident. Definitely, I know if I had the amount of control in the game they did, I would constantly be fiddling with stuff and testing with stuff on my account and probably end up getting myself in trouble for it. But I do agree that it is, and it is an issue, especially because it is a live leaderboard and somebody is maybe not going to get their rewards because it was being used for testing. A couple of things with me, Dan testing anything is ridiculous. Testing on a live leaderboard in a live event is ridiculous. Dan having two scaling shields shields is ridiculous. Now, scaling shields are a touchy subject with me, but that's another story for another time. So I think maybe it's just time to cut back on the Dan Nanigans and keep those type of things in the sandbox because that's what it's for. So I'm sort of continuing on what we were talking about last week. I was hoping that you could offer maybe your like top three tips for new players, because I think it's one of these things that you agree with me are resources that are sorely lacking, particularly because unlike me who spent stupid amounts of money on this game, you have actually avoided doing that. So first of all, props for self-control in a way that I don't have. But also I was hoping that you could potentially help people who are probably starting the game and a little bit frustrated. I would imagine that Gen 3 might be a little bit harder to start as a free-to-play player, but you should tell me if I'm wrong about that. There are definitely better and worse periods for the game for free-to-play. Right now I would consider extremely challenging. I actually made for the network app a video on my advice for free-to-play players, which sort of ended up as a shopping guide. What it is about being free-to-play is you have less gems to work with, and so you need to pick well. And unfortunately, a lot of the changes with Gen 3 have made that more difficult. So we do have the starters. That probably be my number one recommendation, is the starter deck they run each week. It's an older deck. It's a three-tier pack that's relatively cheap. You get sort of a very basic version of that deck, and if you choose ones that are useful or that have relics that are useful for other decks, you can get a lot of power for a relatively low price. And those continue to be great. If anything, they're getting better because we're moving into the period where the game was experiencing very rapid power creep. And so the decks just keep getting better and better every week. Unfortunately, that one of the other things I recommended was they used to have those packs a lot, which were four random heroes connected by something. You know, they all had armor or dispel flatline. Well, I didn't care about the fact they had armor. I cared about the fact that it happened that the armor pack was four very recent ultra rares and you could get them for an extremely cheap price. So basically all my ultra rares have come from that route, and I would just figure out some way to glue a power gem creator onto a newer hero and make it work. Unfortunately, recently they haven't been running those at all. All just been those Dogen's Ascension pack and Gen 2 Legend packs, which I would not recommend for anybody. They are not good. And so without that resource, they are going to have more limited options for ultra rares and recent cards. I mean, I think my last thing for free to play right now is just have like have fun with it. I would not recommend this as a time for free to play players to try to like, you know, save up and make an awesome deck and shoot for the leaderboards because at this time you really don't have a chance for that. You can go save up a bunch of resources and I guess you could theoretically make a multi pink star ultimate form. But that's not something that's going to last you through other events. And even then, there are some people that are picking up four-star, five-star ones, 
and they've been doing this consistently. One thing that I was very upset with last week was they allowed multiple killer skills against the ultimate bosses. And so even if you decided to just save and have it you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks and splurge on an amazing deck, you're going up against people that have 800%, 1200% bonus to damage from killer. And you, there's just nothing you're going to be able to compete with that. And it's only going to get worse going forward. So I would not recommend for free to play to really try to be that level of competitive. You can be competitive compared to what you normally do. I just got into Legends recently again. Yay. Definitely going to drop out again soon. Yay. I Look, I, I like Emperors. Emperors is Legends for lazy people. I can be sure I always get the leaderboard hero, whether it's a Dragoon or a Warden. But I'm usually not afraid that if I'm busy that week, I'm going to end up getting relegated, uh, which is... Unfortunately, the biggest reward nowadays is kind of not getting relegated. <laughs> in your point of view, what are some things that are frustrating in the game right now? Or what are some things that are frustrating for a free-to-play player in general? The biggest things that have been bothering me are, it doesn't really feel like there's anything I can work to that is going to be really awesome when I get it. Simultaneously, because it's been so long since they updated the packs, and because we've sort of entered into this period where most of the things are like a slow process to work towards, you know, you get your runes or you get the little mini relics to go into the enchanted legend relics. There isn't a lot of opportunities where you open up a pack and have just a lot of hope that you're going to get something awesome. I think network usually call, likes to say things that are delightful. You know, the, the little like, oh, hey, that was a cool thing that happened to me. There just aren't a lot of opportunities for that anymore. You know, I saw somebody in chat the other day who... They pulled a Mort Thronos, and they were like, oh, cool, I didn't even know that was in the pool. No, it is in the pool, but only do it during Light Slayer and only on those few tiers of the packs where it's the expanded, updated pool. And so there just aren't enough opportunities for people to sort of be happy like that. I know we've touched a little bit on it already, but what did you both think of the Hellboy event? I thought Hellboy went off like relative without a hitch. I want to say props, I guess this is props, to the devs for finally working out so the servers didn't crash every time the frenzy bosses came. That was better. We asked for them to improve that. We did not, I, at least I did not experience that with the frenzy bosses. So that was a positive experience for me. Sort of beyond that, I thought that it was a normal Slayer event. My complaint about Slayer being commander is still the same which is that if you look at the top three slayers from last week, I don't know, I was talking to Wu and she was just like, any event where I'm finishing in the top three is a commander event. I don't know what to say beyond that, beyond that like Wu finished in the top three. So clearly what we had was a commander event with a slayer format. Beyond that, I think it was fine. I didn't think that the HP was out of the control. I thought that I mean, the deck was what it was advertised to be. I mean, it was a copy-paste. It was the Water Slayer event deck. So I was kind of surprised at how much people hated it. I feel like they hated it more than when it was the Water Slayer deck. It could have been two things. It could have been the first thing is that not very many people had purchased that last Light Slayer deck. If you did not have the past Ultra Forge, the deck was much harder to use. I would say that in terms of power output, but it should have been better than the Water Slayer deck in the sense that it didn't consume cards like that deck did. I think it kind of shows how what the how the floor has raised and what people think of as a powerful deck because compared to the first wave of new meta decks, the Water Slayer one held up quite well. It was not you know super overpowered or anything, but it was quite good. But then we've got like that Fire Dren and Bio Blitzer and stuff. And so it's raised people's expectations again as to what a Gen 3 deck should be. And what I'm really afraid of is people are going to keep pushing on the devs that like, no, everything has to be as good as Bio Blitzer from now on, or 
it is garbage. I guess I was kind of surprised that there was a number of people that didn't like the artwork. You know, I like Hellboy, so I thought it was really cool that it was a Hellboy-themed event, obviously with the movie coming out, everything that they did in relation with that. But I know they also did something in the N3 app that they talked about if people would like events like that in the future. And I know we were talking beforehand, before we got started, about, you know, maybe Transformers, G.I. Joe, Angry Care Bears. I know they kind of previewed that sort of already. I don't think it was intentional, but the Water Slayer Ascended Relic has that angry looking bear there that reminded me of an angry Care Bear. I know MTM draws the line at My Little Pony, so that's out. But I mean, think about it. Think about, and well, here would be my suggestion for an event would be a, a rock event. So a Dwayne The Rock Johnson card. I think that would be epic. I don't know anyone that doesn't like The Rock. So there you go. That's my suggestion for an upcoming event. But the problem is network you can't mess that one up because the rock would have to be a definite legendary card with an epic battle skill. So I don't know. Network, what do you think about that? It doesn't matter what you think! Unfortunately, we need to shut this episode down because all of us got some real life stuff going on, but we are going to pick it up again next week. MTM will be here again and we're going to talk some more with him. But MTM, I know you wanted to add something real quick before we get done with this episode. Okay, so I do want to say a lot of feeling about the game is based on like what I see as the direction of it. You can put up with a lot if it seems like it's sort of heading in a good way. And if every event was like this event, I would be more apt to think that the game is going to really going in a good direction permanently. You know, we got some reforged. They weren't perfect, but we got some reforged. We got some improvements to the game. We got the deck slots. They also adjusted the ultimate a little bit and gave it a little bit more power, but they did put that and on the old ones as well. So they haven't left those behind. And I consider all of these positives. And if every week was around that, I could deal. The trouble is when we end up going for several weeks with things that don't show improvements for the general player base or do just look like they're trying to figure out new ways to really push us all to use ultimate forms. I just want to be a little free-to-play player and have my fun. And maybe once in a while I can get an ultimate form and feel amazing. But if they're not doing any content that's sort of aimed for me, then why would I stick around? So my message to network would be, if you can keep things at this level or better, then I'm going to be happy while you work out sort of the really big stuff. There always needs to be consideration of the little improvements, the little fixes, just making everything a little more delightful while you're working towards big things and figuring out what to do with the ultimates and all that stuff. And there you have it. Come back next week for more with MTM. But right now, go to gameofzeros.com. I'm going to add on there, ask MTM a question so you can ask him anything you want. So definitely go do that now. We'll see you again. But not yet.